Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hey everybody, it's Marty Griffin and you are listening to the Golf Strategy School podcast. The podcast dedicated to getting the newer amateur golfers, the higher handicap golfers, over those milestone scores of breaking 100 and breaking 90. Today's episode is brought to you from the Super Speed Golf Studios. And if you are looking to hit the ball farther, you might as well use science to do it. Use the science of overspeed training to help you hit the ball farther. If you want to learn more about that science, head over to golfstrategyschool.com slash superspeed. And you can listen to my interview with Mike and Kyle, the inventors of Superspeed Golf, about how overspeed training works to immediately increase your swing speed and help you hit the ball farther. Mike and Kyle were also nice enough to provide us with 10% off of your entire purchase from Superspeed Golf with the promo code GOLFSTRATEGY. Again, that's GOLFSTRATEGY at superspeedgolf.com. You'll get 10% off your entire order. But today, we are talking about the sometimes daunting task of how to hit that dang golf ball straight with our driver. Let's get to it. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast, where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. All right, like we were saying before, today's episode is all about getting off the tee straight. And again, this is really kind of focused at beginner golfers. We see a lot of very, very similar patterns and tendencies and mistakes with beginner golfers. And this is designed to help you really get control of what the club is doing and get those drives in a much safer position off the tee. I know when I was a beginner, when I was learning, I was I was the kid that would just bring the club all the way back, John Daly style, until I could see it in my peripheral vision and then just wail away, you know, mile long slice. I just go find it and dig it out from there and play my way in. But if you find yourself missing the fairway with your driver and frequently, you know, either in the longer grass or in the trees or maybe even worse, taking a penalty stroke off the tee, I promise you, you're not alone. There are tons of amateurs, again, myself included, uh, that have struggled with getting their driver straight or really kind of any type of consistent pattern to their driver. And that means, you know, those situations you're going to be struggling to make par more often than not. If you're leaving yourself in these bad positions off the tee, it can really kind of suck the fun out of a round of golf. 
Now, the good thing is it's a fairly definable problem. If you can get the ball started on the right line, which means controlling the club face, you are going to have a lot more success than you could really ever imagine. So what we're going to be talking about here are kind of two steps that you can take in your practice to really help yourself get a feel, like an actual tactile feel and control of what that club face is doing throughout your swing. So we're going to have two steps of actual swinging the club, and in the middle there, we're going to sandwich a visualization step. So again, when we're talking about accuracy, it does come down mainly to controlling the club face. Yes, path does have a part to play, but club face is way more impactful than the path. So when you're out at your range or you know your course, wherever you're warming up, I want you to try this drill. You take two tees, and what you're going to do is you're going to set up a gate for your driver to go through. So I really want you to make it as close to the same size as the driver as possible. And then what you're going to do is you're going to take these slow, comfortable, controlled, emphasis on controlled, fluid swings through this T-gate. And when you miss a little bit, whether it's the T closest to you or the T furthest from you, you're going to get that immediate tactile feedback of the T actually moving that club head, that driver. Now, this is a lot harder to do with a driver because it's one of, it's not one of the longest clubs. It is the longest club in your bag. And because it is so much further away from you, the club phase, I'm saying, it is a lot harder to control. So we need to set up these actual parameters where we get some tactile feedback so you can start subconsciously correcting your swing and getting that club face square through impact. Now, when we think about a shorter club like a wedge and we think about like our miss ball flights or the ball flights of our missed shots, our driver, you might see someone just hit this great big mile long slice. That was, that was always me. I'd drop my right shoulder and the face would be open and I would just slice that ball to kingdom come. If I think about what I did with my wedges, I didn't have nearly that much movement to my ball in the air because it was so much shorter and it was easier to control the club face. It was much easier to make that club face square at impact with a shorter wedge compared to that you know, 48 inch driver or 45 inch driver, whatever length you have. So that's why we're going to go ahead and take those tees. You're going to put them in the ground again, just a little bit wider than the driver itself. And I want you to take slow, smooth swings and miss those tees that I want that driver head to go completely between them. Now, as you get more and more comfortable with this, you can start to slowly pick up the speed. Now, the important thing is that you're controlling it to the point where you get the head through the tees. If you consistently hit the tees, it means that you need to swing slower. And if you're still hitting the tees when you're swinging as slow as you can, then it means you probably need to widen those tees just a little bit and start over and then start building your speed. Again, we're going to layer our success, like I mentioned, uh, boy, probably about a month ago in one of our podcasts about how we can improve you make sure you can successfully achieve the goal 
And this goal is to just pass the driver head between those T's. And then you slowly start to build on that. So if you're successfully getting the driver head through the T's, then it's time to pick up the speed a little bit. And if you're still doing it, let's say I always shoot for about 80%. If I'm succeeding at 80% or more, then I know I'm ready to make it tougher. So if I take five swings and I get four out of five that don't hit the T's, I'm ready to amp up my swing speed a little bit and still keeping it in rhythm. But again, five in a row. If I do four out of five, I'm ready to go a little bit faster. If I only do three out of five, well, that means that I'm still doing well. I just need to try this routine again, do five more and see if I can kind of groove it a little better. So that's step one is to go ahead, put those T's in the ground, take some slow, smooth swings between the T's and then start building in the speed there. Next, I want you to take this step of visualization. Now, I know a lot of people kind of roll their eyes at visualization, but imagine how you would have to hit the golf ball if I handed you a hammer. So just a regular roofing hammer. I hand it to you. I say, all right, this is now your tool to hit the golf ball down the range. What are you going to do? I want you to honestly just kind of either say it to yourself or say it out loud. Where are you going to hit the golf ball with a hammer to send it down range? Are you going to hit the top of it and drive the tee all the way into the ground and have the golf ball just bounce a couple times and squirt forward? Or are you going to hit the back of the golf ball to send it down range? You got to keep in mind that hammer, the head of the hammer is tiny compared to a driver. But what it does adequately mimic is the sweet spot of your driver. So if you think about how you would hit that ball down range with a hammer, you're going to have a very small surface area with the hammer to hit the ball. But that is roughly the same size as the sweet spot on your driver. So if you can kind of visualize that golf swing now with the driver instead of the hammer, you know, almost as if the hammer is locked inside of your driver, like the head of the hammer is stuck there and you're just going to pound the ever loving grief out of this thing down the driving range because you know, you've got a literal hammer inside of your driver. That hammer represents the sweet spot. And if you can keep your driver going between those T's, you're going to hit that sweet spot a lot more often now. So step three is kind of the evolution of our T-gate. I want you to either take two clubs or if you have alignment rods or driveway marking sticks, anything that you have to lay out parallel lines. I want you to put them about a foot apart with the golf ball in the middle. So you're going to have these two clubs or two sticks going down your target line, but one is going to be about six to eight inches on the outside of the ball. And the other is going to be about six to eight inches on the inside of the ball. So again, we're kind of giving ourselves that gate to swing the club through. Now, what this does is it helps us visualize even further what a good backswing looks like. So if you really wrench the club inside right away, you're going to see it with those two sticks laying out or those two clubs laying down parallel. 
if you're one of those people who doesn't finish your swing very well, or one of those people who really tries to like snap the club closed, it's going to help you get a more down the target swing path. It's going to help you stay on plane throughout impact. And it's going to give you some more consistency in terms of what that club face is doing throughout your swing. So it's really a pretty easy thing to set up. It does not take a ton of practice. And the thing is, I don't want you to sit and just do this for like two hours and say, all right, I did it. I hope it works. I would rather see you do these. And again, you don't even need to hit golf balls to do this. I would rather see you go out in your backyard for 10 to 15 minutes, four days a week and try this, then go play on the weekend and tell me it doesn't work. Okay. Because repeating an exercise over and over and over again in one day is not going to help you sink a new movement into your swing. I need you to do it a little bit every day that you possibly can in order to really remember and train your body and your muscles and your brain to achieve this new move. Now, I'm going to lay out these moves for you again, but head over to our website. We've got a really slick video that kind of walks you through exactly what I'm talking about here. But again, step one is build that T-gate slowly, fluidly, rhythmically past that driver through the T-gate. And if you touch either end, you know, just take a moment, receive that tactile feedback and make your adjustment. Step two is imagine that you're swinging in a hammer. You want to be hitting the back of the ball, not the top of the ball. We see a lot of amateur golfers come way over the top and slice across their bodies. Imagine you're swinging a hammer and setting it down range. It's going to help you get a much better uh, into ball impact position. And then step three is to lay out those clubs. And again, we're just taking practice swings of kind of following those train tracks backwards in our backswing and stay in between them as long as we can going through on our forward swing. So let me know how those work. You can find me on Twitter at Marty Podcasts or head over to our Facebook page and let me know how that works for you. Facebook.com slash Golf Strategy School. Until next time, everybody, I will catch you in the short grass. Cheers. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.